Welcome to another episode of Destination Disaster. I am your host, Devin Carney. As always, before we start any episode, there are a few housekeeping notes that I would like to go over. As we here in the United States and Canada celebrate Black History Month, Destination Disaster acknowledges that Black History Month simply isn't enough. We as a nation must come together to truly understand the impact and contributions that African Americans have made in this country. I stand with you and support the amazing contributions that are made to society to this very day. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. This most previous cycle of analytics has shown that the subscriber count has increased tremendously. Destination Disaster focuses on disasters of the past and how they have shaped society today. The only thing that I ask of my followers is to continue to share the podcast with your communities, friends, and families. And finally, when the episode releases, there are a few holidays that I want to call out for my international subscribers. For those of you who are listening from New Zealand, I want to wish you a happy Waitangi Day. For those of you listening from Grenada, I want to wish you a happy Independence Day. And finally, for those of you listening from Mexico, I want to wish you a happy Constitution Day. For this week, we're going to focus on the disparities that minority communities face in the disaster response cycle. It's no secret that communities that have the highest concentrations of minority populations face greater risk than those who are not. There are several factors when reviewing this topic, and some of the most discouraging facts are that these communities seem to be an afterthought before, during, and following both natural and anthropogenic disasters. The simple question here is why? Why should minority populations face greater risk than those who are not in these communities? Why must vulnerable communities continue to face the brunt of disasters here within the United States, one of the richest nations in the world? Why is more not being done to identify these communities and provide access to education and resources? This is simply the failure of those in charge and the failure of a system that was never meant to prioritize based on race or ethnicity and was developed to assist all in the community. It is the duty of emergency response agencies to include every community member in the disaster response cycle. It should not matter what the status of the citizen is, what their socioeconomic status is, or what part of the city they reside in. Emergency managers and first response agencies have an immensely important duty to protect the public, not force some to survive on their own. There are several peer-reviewed studies that provide a clear and present struggle within these vulnerable communities. Disasters are only one facet in a large cog that represent the true struggle that many of us face in our communities today. Poverty being one of the most clear and present. In a nation as rich and developed as the United States, it's sad that we continue to witness extreme poverty to include homelessness and food insecurities. One of the largest risk factors to vulnerable communities during disasters is the lack of access to clean drinking water, food, and shelter. According to the United Nations Office for Disaster Risk Reduction, poverty is both a driver and consequence of disasters, and the processes that further disaster risk-related poverty are permeated with inequality. Vulnerability is not simply about poverty, but extensive research over the past 30 years has revealed that it is generally the poor who tend to suffer the worst from disasters. 
impoverished people are more likely to live in hazard-exposed areas and are less able to invest in risk-reducing measures. The lack of access to insurance and social protection means that people in poverty are often forced to use their already limited assets to buffer disaster losses, which drives them further into poverty. Poverty is therefore both a cause and consequence of disaster risk, particularly extensive risk, with drought being the hazard most closely associated with poverty. The impact of disasters on the poor can, in addition to the loss of life, injury, and damage, cause a total loss of livelihoods, displacement, poor health, food insecurity, among other consequences. Believe it or not, we are watching this occur here within the United States on a daily basis. In order to successfully recover from any form of disaster, we must consider every community that has been exposed or continues to experience these disastrous impacts. A prime example of racial disparities during disasters is the Hurricane Katrina impact. In the hours leading up to landfall of one of the strongest hurricanes to ever make landfall, the mayor of New Orleans finally issued the mandatory evacuation order for those in the direct path of the hurricane. However, one of the major flaws of this order is that many people in the city lacked a vehicle. In addition to the lack of vehicle ownership, these same citizens lived in the lowest lying areas and faced the extremes of the impact. According to the National Institutes of Health and the National Library of Medicine, rescue was nearly impossible following Katrina. These same individuals were at a disadvantage for rescue, response, and recovery as they lived in the lowest lying regions in New Orleans. The most damaged area of New Orleans were disproportionately black at 46% and below the poverty line at 21%, compared with undamaged areas at 26% and 15% respectively. Inhabitants of these neighborhoods either drowned from the floodwaters or were left to perish for days, unattended by federal help. Approximately 1,500 people died from the flood, primarily black and poor, and it is estimated that hundreds more died from the downstream sequela. Underrecognized is the fact that the Lower Ninth Ward, a predominantly black community, had been similarly devastated by Hurricane Betsy in 1965, and that history had repeated itself. Another eye-opening reality is that in the wake of disaster impacts, minority populations receive far less federal aid than their white counterparts. The Federal Emergency Management Agency has acknowledged that systemic factors exist. Leaders at FEMA are wrestling with the complicated question of why these disparities exist and what to do about them. The problem seems to stem from complex systemic factors like a real estate market that often places higher values on properties and communities with many white residents or the difficulty of navigating the federal bureaucracy which tends to favor people and communities that have more resources from the beginning. The impact from this disparity is long-lasting. White people in counties with significant disaster damage that received FEMA help saw their personal wealth jump years later while black residents lost wealth, research published in 2018 shows. So now lies the question, what is being done to make sure future disasters don't continue to affect the same at-risk communities that have traditionally suffered the brunt of these impacts? To start, it needs to be a multi-pronged approach. Emergency management agencies must conduct a true assessment of the community to identify which resources are needed, such as food and water distribution, evacuation resources, shelters that are within walking distance for those who may lack automobiles or rely on public transit, and effective communication measures to implement before, during, and after an impact. 
every source that I believe could play a vital role in disaster response and providing those items that I just spoke about are community emergency response teams. These all-volunteer teams reside within the communities and neighborhoods in which they would respond. These teams are trained in the areas of basic first aid, damage assessment, search and rescue, and emergency communications. Funding additional CERT teams within these vulnerable communities would play a significant part in ensuring access to vital necessities such as food, water, medicine, and shelter. According to a study released in the wake of Hurricane Katrina by the International Journal of Volunteer Administration, local volunteers and community-level action are essential to effective natural disaster preparation and response. They are particularly important in that these citizens are, in many cases, the first responders and have the greatest chance to save lives and provide support in the hours and days immediately after disaster occurrences. Certainly, an effective community response would have diminished some, no matter how small of the suffering and loss that occurred during and after the recent hurricanes. From the bowels of the Louisiana Superdome to the ravaged rural areas of Gulfport, Mississippi, some betterment could have been achieved if communication and logistical planning had effectively maintained crisis support. An organized community and volunteer response could have helped in a number of ways before, during, and immediately after the recent disasters. They may have been able to coordinate a more successful evacuation and transportation effort where instead thousands were unable or chose not to evacuate, provide some structure and order in places like the Superdome and New Orleans Convention Center where instead chaos reigned aid in organizing resources for distribution before and after the hurricane, where instead basic needs were left unmet for days, and decrease some of the isolation and sense of abandonment that quickly engulfed victims in the affected areas. The simple fact is that there are resources available to minority communities, but it seems as though local, state, and federal agencies lack the motivation to engage the at-risk minority communities with effective plans and resources needed to recover from any disaster impact. The future of disasters are unfortunately only going to get far worse due to climate change. In a study released by Princeton, in addition to minorities being far more at risk due to harm due to climate change, natural disasters are only going to harm these communities more. One of the most noticeable effects of climate change is the occurrence of natural disasters. As global temperatures rise, more water vapor is stored in the atmosphere, resulting in more rain and powerful storms. Warmer air, another factor for rising temperatures, also causes faster wind speeds during tropical storms. After a natural disaster hits a community, government aid is typically sent to the area to rebuild infrastructure and restore the city. However, the dispersal of aid is one way in which minority communities and low-income communities are hurt by natural disasters. As I close out the episode for this week, it's eye-opening just how at-risk minority communities are and at what rate they experience disasters versus those in wealthier areas. Disaster response should have never become a racial issue. Instead, it is something I believe where every emergency response agency has failed. Racism has no place in the disaster response cycle, and it must be prevented. No longer can we expose the vulnerable populations to excess risk with zero access to the supplies and services that those in wealthier communities are granted each and every time a disaster strikes. While I understand that I am only a small podcast, the most important thing that I can do is share the facts and provide solutions to those of you who may not necessarily know where to get started in order to prepare for disasters. I want to thank you for listening this week. If you enjoy the content that I provide, 
please do me a favor and share this podcast. The only way that we can continue to facilitate disaster readiness is to learn, listen, and adapt. If you haven't yet, go follow the podcast on Instagram at Destination Period Disaster and on Twitter at Dest Disaster. That is D-E-S-T-D-I-S-A-S-T-E-R. For the next episode of Current Events, I want to ensure that we continue to observe Black History Month as it is important that we understand key black figures that have helped promote emergency management and disaster preparedness here in the United States. Until next week on the next episode of Current Events, this has been Destination Disaster.